Well, good morning, Ballon Colleague. I'm uh, so happy to be able to uh, be with you and, and uh, come and share God's word with you uh, on this Sunday morning. So glad you have made it to church if you're watching online. Uh, very glad that you have tuned in. Um, it's uh, it's great to be able to be back in church, and uh, you know we are looking forward to the day where we can come down and uh, join you for a service down in Cork. Uh, but uh, currently I have to drive the minibus to church every week as I'm the only bus driver currently we need some men to get some uh, minibus driving licenses but until then uh, I have to be here so couldn't come down to do do this live but uh, glad to be able to support us and, and get involved in what's going on in the great church down in, uh, in Cork and Ballancolic so um, what we're going to talk about this morning, church, if you could grab your Bibles, if you could turn to Galatians chapter 5 with me, Galatians chapter 5, we're going to talk about wrong influences. And, uh, you know, uh, I am somebody that was influenced in the wrong way when I was a young fella, and uh, it cost me a lot. And, uh, and I think for us Christians, we can often get influenced, um, and it changes who we are and what we believe. And... Uh, and it's not not good for us. So what we'll do is we'll um, we'll look at our, our our main verse, then we'll pray, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the message this morning. Um, so we're in Galatians chapter five. If you would look at verse seven with me, um, Paul says this to the church at Galatia. He says, "Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth?" You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Uh, so looking at Galatians this morning, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity again uh, to meet around your word, to, to come to church, to be blessed, to be encouraged, to worship you and spirit and in truth. And Lord, we just ask, oh God, that you would meet with your people this morning, that you would help me to preach. And Lord, that you would give to the understanding of your word to the uh, the folks out there who are listening in online and Lord uh, those that are sitting in church in Palancolic this morning Lord would you just touch each heart would you uh, help us to move closer to you and our relationship with you help us to grow deeper uh, in our faith and Lord uh, that faith would, would have an impact on the, the lives of those around us and Lord we would win uh, win the world for you and Lord we just pray oh God that you give us a burden on our heart uh, for the lost and Lord that you would give us uh, Lord, your uh, Lord, your burden upon us for the, the lost and dying world out there, we pray. And Lord, would you speak to hearts, we pray this morning in Christ's name. Amen. So this morning, we're going to look at, um, at influences. And, uh, you know, at New Hope, up in the, the men's home, up in the center, uh, we remind the men all the time to watch out for the dangers of wrong influences. As a matter of fact, when people come into New Hope, uh, we remove um, most of the influences from their lives that they come in with. You know, um, when they come into New Hope, they have to give up their phone. They're not allowed to have their phone. Why? Because it can be a really bad influence. When they come in, they're not allowed to use a phone for two weeks. Not allowed to phone home for two weeks. Um, why? Because we don't want them hearing anything for the first two weeks when they're really vulnerable. That might send them out the door. So we're trying to protect them from influences. We monitor uh, or we control what movies they're allowed to watch. We control what music goes on. Uh, we control uh, where they go. We control what they do. 
uh, you know, uh, we, we have rules about how they speak. And that sounds like a whole lot of don't do this. And it is because when they come in, they're vulnerable, they're needy, and we need to help them get to that place where they, they're strengthened and they grow and develop into the man that God wants them to be. But it takes a lot of investment to do that. And it takes a lot of us guiding them through, away from that old life, away from that old way of being and way of living uh, to do and be all that God would want them to be. So we try protect them from the bad influences and we try expose them to really good influences. And, uh, and that's our goal with them. In discipleship, you will always uh, try to be training the fella that you're discipling or the girl that you're discipling. And you are trying to show them by your life and by uh, the way you live and the way you uh, um, have a relationship with God that they can too. And that's, that's the idea. We are wanting to make sure we protect the men from influences. Because we can spend hundreds of hours, a man is in the program for, for 12 months, sometimes more, sometimes less. But the program is set up that he's, he's there for 12 months. And we can put hundreds of hours into that individual. We can meet with them multiple, multiple times in one-to-one -one sessions. They will be in multiple classes every week. They will be in Pastor Dan's class. They will be in Pastor Les Hill's class. They'll be in Pastor Gorman's class. They'll be in multiple classes belonging to me every week and the other staff. And and Ben Shore from Scotland, uh, missionary over in Scotland, they're in his class every week. So we have multiple influences, trying to influence them in the right way. And we invest hundreds of hours in their lives. But you know what? All those hours that we've put into them can be totally undone when they get that mobile phone back. At six months, they'll get their mobile phone back. And it's amazing. A lot of them will try swap their Bible for their mobile phone. And, and what does the mobile phone do? The mobile phone opens them up into loads more influences that they didn't have before. It opens them up into their old friends. It can open them up into to Facebook, or I mean Facebook. Um, and it just, it can really badly influence them. So we can put hundreds and hundreds of hours into helping them and influencing them in the right way, only for in such a short time them to be influenced in the wrong way and, and fall away. And it's, it's tragic when it happens. And isn't it like that when, when you're a parent and you put years and years into your child, you're teaching them the right way, you're investing in them. Financially, they cost a fortune. And they take all your time, they take all your energy. And then sometimes don't they go on and break your heart and don't do the things that you want them to do. Why? Because somebody comes along and influences them. That's what happened in my home. That's what happened to my mother. Influenced in the right way when I was growing up, I believe. Didn't have any issues like that. But you know what? When I started palling around with the wrong friends, they influenced me to go the wrong way. You know what? We need to be careful of the influences that we have in our lives. You know, influences the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, and behavior of someone or something. We need to be so careful what influences we allow in our lives. Look at Galatians 5, 7 with me again. Paul says, you did run well. But then he says, who did hinder you? Oof, who did hinder you? Who influenced you? Who, uh, who changed what you were doing? Um, who influenced you? Who did hinder you? He, who got in your way of going forward? He says that you should not obey the truth. You know, in this book of Galatians, Paul is 
uh, dealing with um, the church in Galatia. And he's talking a lot about justification by faith. He's talking about the liberty in Christ. He's talking about all these different things. Um, and somebody got in and was influencing the church and was influencing those Christians to start thinking that they needed to go back to workspace religion, go back to um, having to get circumcised and all the different things, go back to the law. And Paul's trying to get them to the place and he's, he's reminding them that you are not believing right. This is not what you were taught. This is not what you believed. Why are you going backwards? Why are you stepping back? And you know, Paul addresses uh, what they are being taught and he's trying to show them the right way again. And uh, in Galatians 5.1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ had made us free, and be not entangled again um, uh, with the yoke of bondage. And that yoke of bondage is that old law that they could never keep and we could never keep. And, you know, Christ has set us free from the law. And, you know, um, the, the, what was happening in Galatia is that the, the church, the Christians, they were starting to go back and they were starting to go back to the old ways. Why? Because they had somebody in their ear telling them, listen, we need to do this and we need to do that and we need to follow this rule and follow that law. And, you know, they got influenced or hindered in their Christian life. And that's what Paul is trying to fix. Um, you know, uh, let's look at that verse 7. Let's break it down. Let's dissect and define it as what we do in our you. We break down the verse. So look at the first bit. It says, ye did run. And, you know, that talks of their decision. You know, they made the decision. They were in the race. They did run. They were doing well. They were progressing in their Christian lives. You know, they were going forward. They were growing. They were, uh, they had made progress. They, they were running the race. They were, they were moving forward. And uh, they were exerting themselves. They were progressing in life. They'd move forward in their Christian life. But then he says, ye did run well. You know what? It even talks about they had been doing well as believers. They were doing well in their faith. That they were rightly putting Christ as the center of their lives. They were surrendered to him. They were moving forward in their Christian life. And you know, the, the, the Christians like Galatia at that point had a good testimony around them. You know, um, but something came in and influenced them in the wrong way. And you can be saved, you can be going forward, and you can be listening to stuff, you can be listening to preaching, you can be reading books, but you have to be careful that you don't get influenced by wrong teaching, by wrong preaching, uh, and that leads you to start believing something that's not biblically right. You know, we need to be students of the world, of the word. And uh, Paul says, he did run well. But then he says, who did hinder? You know, well, what does it mean to hinder? It's to stop, it's to interrupt, it's to obstruct, it's to impede or prevent from moving forward. Something got in their way. Something stopped them from moving forward. So what was it? You know, something hindered them in a sense, push them back in their Christian life. You know, if we think about what Satan does, Satan works a hindrance. Well, let's start off. If you're not saved this morning, Satan wants to hinder you from getting saved. So his main ministry in your life, his main goal, his main job in your life, if you're not a believer, if you're not born again, Satan's main role in your life will be to keep you blinded. If you grab your Bible, uh, Balancholic, with me, and if you will turn over to 
um, 2 Corinthians with me, real familiar verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with me this morning, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, we, we read about the gospel, and um, let's look at verse 3, and it talks of the work of Satan in the, the lawyers of the lost, or those that are not Christians, and his job in their lives, and it says, but if our gospel uh, be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Well, who hides it? God doesn't hide it. He wants it shown. So look at verse 4. In whom the God of this world, that's the little g God, that's talking about the devil, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds. What does he do? He blinds the minds so you can't see. Blinded the minds of them which believe not, least that at the, at the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. So the devil's ministry and the lies of the unbeliever is to keep them blinded to the truth. To keep them blinded to the truth. But you know, once, they have been, once they've been saved, once somebody that's lost has come to Christ, has received forgiveness by faith and, and trusted Christ uh, and his done work and his finished work, on the cross of Calvary, and they become born again, the devil changes tactics then. He changes tactics, and he goes to the tactics of John 10, 10. And his, his ministry then in somebody's life is the, he comes as the thief, and he is there to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10 tells us. It says, uh, the thief coming up, but to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, but Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. See, there's two different things going on there. You know, but once somebody sees the light, once they've received Christ, you know, the devil doesn't give up. He just changes tactic and he still tries to hinder them. He still tries to hinder you, Christian, you believer. He wants to hinder you from being who God would want you to be. He wants to hinder you from being an effective witness. He wants to hinder you from getting to church on a Sunday morning. He wants to hinder your relationship with your preacher. He wants to hinder you with your relationship with the Bible. He wants you to have a mistrust with the people around you. And you know, he is there and he's just trying to get in the way. He's trying to hinder, he's trying to block, he's trying to push back uh, in your life. And if you look at the passage in John, we're not going to delve into it this morning for time's sake, but if you look at that passage in John, you're going to read about Jesus in the passage in John chapter 10 as the good shepherd. And we all, we all love that idea about Jesus. But in the, in the, in the passage, the devil is, comes as the thief. And, you know, the thief um, takes. He's a thief. He wants to take. And the shepherd gives. The thief cometh not but to steal. But Jesus says, I am come that ye might have, and ye have life and have more abundantly. So the thief comes to take, but Jesus comes that ye might have. See the difference? Um, and, and that's the difference between the world and the Savior. You know, the world is trying to take from you. What does the Savior try to do? He gives, gives eternal life, uh, gives victory over sin. The world cries, give me. The Savior cries, I give thee. You know, he wants the bless in your life where the devil is always trying to take from your life. He's trying to take the blessings that God wants to give you in your life. The thief comes to kill. Jesus comes to, according to the verse, he comes to give life. I hope you found that life that Jesus comes to give. You know what, Jesus comes to give eternal life. But you know why? He comes to give a real life here on planet Earth too. That you can live a wonderful, successful Christian life 
that you can be a tremendous, have a tremendous impact on the world around us. That's what God wants us to do while we're here on earth. You know what? The thief comes uh, to destroy, the Bible says in John 10, 10. But Jesus comes to give life more abundantly. So we need to make sure we understand, you know, there's, there's two things going on. There's one that's Jesus trying to give. He's trying to bless. He's trying to give life. He's trying to get us then to uh, go and reach the world. And then we have the devil. And what's the devil trying to do? He's trying to take. He's trying to steal. He's trying to kill. He's trying to destroy. And he's trying to get us to the place where we're no good, where we don't want to serve the Lord, where we don't want to be in church, where we don't want to do what God would want us to do. He wants us out there in the wilderness. Oh, he can't take our salvation from us, but he sure can make us look like we're not saved. He sure can make it, make it look like that God was never real in our lives in the first place. And let me encourage you, that's what he wants to try to do. So he tries to hinder. So in this Christian life that we're trying to live, we need to make sure that we don't lose sight of who we're meant to be and what we're meant to do. You know, uh, if you look back at Galatians with me, Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 7 again. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? What happens when you get hindered? You start being disobedient. When you give in to the influence and you get hindered, what do you start being? You start being disobedient. Disobedient to God's word. Disobedient to God. Disobedient uh, in the way you live and the way you think and the way you act. You know, notice Paul didn't ask them what hindered them. What did he say? Who hindered you? And we need to always understand this. That, you know, when, we're in, when I'm in a men's home and I'm teaching the guys and I'm teaching them addiction stuff and I'm teaching them, you know, all, all kinds of we do all kinds of classes so we're doing bible studies all that kind of stuff one of the things we'll say in, in relapse prevention is people places and things we try warn them to be careful of the people the influences that, that are in their lives families friends old accomplices even the people on the program people places the places where they used to go where they done wrong things and then things the things they used to do and they need to be watching for temptation in all those areas. But the main one is people. We are so influenced by people, not by places or things. It's mainly by people. And what did Paul say? Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? Not what hindered you. Not why did you guys stop, start struggling? What hindered you? No, he said, who hindered you? Why? Because Paul knows because of what they were doing, because of what they were starting to believe and the practices that they were starting to have in their church, somebody influenced them in the wrong way. You know, it's always a person who influences. You know, Paul had enough wisdom to know that this sudden change in their Christian lives was influenced by a person. You know, um, James 4, 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God, whosoever therefore uh, will be a friend of the world is, an, is the enemy of God. Do you know that there's two sides and we need to take a side? We need to take God's side. We need to take the Bible side. We need to stand with God on the word of truth. We need to be Bible-believing Christians. We're not just you know, Christians and we do whatever we want. We are Bible-believing Christians. And in our churches, the mark of a real church and of a good church is the fact that they are Bible-believing. That it doesn't matter what goes on in the world or what society might say or the changes that they might make in the world, that we always go back to, what does the Bible say about this topic? What does the Bible say about this issue? 
we always need to come back to God's word and then we won't go wrong. You know, we need to be careful with the persuasion of wrong influences. Look at verse 8. It says, uh, This persuasion cometh not of him that called you. You know what? This persuasion. Paul emph emphasizes the, the influence that um, had on their, uh, that the person had on his ability to persuade them. In verse 8. And, um, you know, these people were good Bible-believing Christians, they had been saved, they had trusted Christ, they had followed Paul's teaching, you know, they were excited, they were meeting, they had, you know, sacrificed much to be Christians back in that day, yet they allowed somebody in their lives to start being in their ear and niggle them and draw them away, and that's what the devil does in our lives, he can't make you do it. You know, we can never say, you know, the devil made me do it, you know, I hear people saying that all the time. But it's not true. The devil can't make you do anything. All he does is he tries to persuade you and draw you to do something yourself. He can't make you do anything. You know, and nobody can make you do anything. But they can persuade you to do the wrong thing. And look what he says. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's reminding them that they've been persuaded, that they've been drawn away. You know, the act of persuading is the act of influencing the mind by arguments or reasons offered. And, you know, I'm sure the person that was influencing the church at Galatia, you know, they were knowledgeable, they sounded good, they put their arguments across well. And, you know, you need to be careful with that. Just because something sounds good, it doesn't mean it is good. Um, you know, they've been taught by the Apostle Paul and now somebody was persuading them to believe something different. We need to be careful about the teaching that we're allowing into our lives. You know, um, you know, godly parents, godly pastors, godly influences can all be overruled, you know, uh, by somebody, a friend that whispers in the ear and, and says that they don't know what they're talking about. You know, or you, you, you know, you've been, you've been listening to Bible preaching for years and then suddenly you're listening to some YouTube pastor or, you, you know, something like that and it just... You know, it sounds good. Yeah, no, that sounds good. But is it biblically right? What does the Bible say about it? You know, we need to be careful of those influences. You know, society takes what it, what it reads on Facebook as fact. You know, we need to be real students of the word. We need to follow what God's law says and, and, and obey him. You know, the preacher can stand up for, for 45 minutes uh, or an hour and a half, as it will be this morning. Um, but the preacher can stand up for, for 45 minutes and pre uh, preach his message and with passion and with power. And, you know, you can have somebody scorning uh, the message and you can have somebody scorning in the background and they will pull down in a couple of words everything that that pastor or that preacher has tried to give in the past 45 minutes. We need to be so careful what we're allowing uh, to influence us. And if there's somebody that's trying to influence you in the wrong way, you need to be brave and bold enough to stand up to them and tell them, tell them no more. Don't want to hear this anymore. Don't want to listen to that anymore. You know, Psalm 1-1, if you turn there with me, Psalm 1-1, a wonderful verse. Keep your hand in Galatians. We will be back there. But Psalm 1-1, um, those of you that are involved in, in RU will, will probably know that we uh, in RU. Uh, one of the, the Psalms that, that we like to encourage people to read is Psalm chapter 1. 
and it starts off and it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know what? The influence that you allow in your lives changes who you are and what you believe and what you do. And you, if you read Psalm one one, you're gonna find Psalm one. You're gonna find over and over again. It warns you about the influence where you will start by walking. It will then you will end up uh, standing. Then you will end up sitting. And before long, you'll end up doing everything that they were doing. We need to be so careful of the influences in our lives. You know, um, turn over to Philippians with me. Philippians chapter three. Um, Philippians chapter 3 um, and look at the verse 13 Philippians 3 13 and again the Apostle Paul and he says to us uh, brethren I count not myself to have apprehended he, he says I don't think I've made it you know it's not like I have achieved everything and I've made everything and I'm finished he says brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do so whatever he says next is going to be important because he, he wants you to remember, you know, and all that I've done, I need to keep doing this. He says, um, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What does Paul put behind him? Well, we like to think it's his old testimony. We like to think it's his old, what he used to do to the, to the Christians and what he done to Stephen and all those different people he hurt in the past by, by his life. But you know what? Paul's main thing that he puts behind him is his old way of religion. His old workspace religion. That old religion of the law. And he puts that behind him. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And he presses towards the mark. And we need to press on as Christians. We need to, don't go back to the old ways. You know, I was brought up Catholic, living in Ireland, obviously. And uh, like many of you will be. And, uh, you know, workspace religion can sound really appealing because you just got to do some stuff. You know, um, but you know what? You'd be going back to the old, the weak and beggar, the elements you'd be going back to. You know, all religions bar, bar true Christianity are works-based religions and we should never go back to them. You know what? We don't have to work for our salvation and we don't have to work to keep our salvation you know, it's all been bought by, by God's grace and Christ done it on the cross for us. It is finished. We don't have to do a thing. You know, uh, we need to be careful with uh, the pollution of wrong influences. You know, when you, you think, I have a ministry to, to addicts. So when a person gets drunk, uh, we say that they are under the, they're under the influence. The influence of alcohol on the brain affects their movement. They kind of stagger don't they? They sway. A drunk person doesn't walk like normal people walk. Why? Because they're influenced. They stagger. The person under the influence will exhibit changes in their personality. You know, some drinkers will get angry and they'll drink a bottle of what you're looking at and they'll want to fight everybody. There's other drinkers where they'll want to love everybody, be hugs and kisses and trying to, you know, talking all the time. You know, but what is it? They're influenced by the alcohol. The influence of that alcohol changes the person, changes what they do. You know, somebody gets drunk, they suddenly think they can sing oftentimes or, or think they can dance. 
and you know speech is impaired coordination is impaired you know you see something else influences or takes over the brain and you know what that's what being influenced in the wrong way does when you allow the wrong influence into your life it affects what you do it affects how you think it affects what you believe and what you believe will affect what you do in your life and we need to be real careful with it look at verse 9 go back over to galatians with me uh, go back over to galatians um, look at the next verse look at verse uh, go to verse 9 with me look what paul says in verse 9 a little small verse he says it's a little small verse and it starts off and it says a little you know what um sometimes the small verses in the bible say a whole lot look at this one a little leaven leaven at the whole lump it doesn't take much to ruin something you know i was in the office today and uh you know we we obviously uh we had ran out of washing up liquid so one of the staff went over and he filled up a disposable cup of washing up liquid that we could leave in the office for washing the dishes and that sounded great but when i came into the office t today because i've been out in a digger all day and i picked up the um and i picked up the, the washing up liquid there was flies in the washing up liquid if you ever trying to catch flies use washing up liquid they love it okay and they go into it but that washing up liquid although it could still probably do a really good job is there anybody that's listening to my voice right now that would like me to wash their dishes with that washing up liquid with the flies in it you say no i wouldn't why 99.99 percent of that washing up liquid is really really good and it will do a great job on your on, on washing your dishes and see your favorite cup for your tea or your coffee it will do a great job of cleaning that out the only problem is there's a few little flies in it you see a little leaven leaven at the whole lump sometimes just something small gets in and absolutely ruins the whole thing and you know what paul says a little leaven leaven at the whole lump you know we need to be careful we need to be careful of the little influences that are in our lives that we we put aside we say that's not going to be a big deal sometimes it's music sometimes it's media on the phone sometimes it's video games sometimes it's friends friends are the most influential thing i would say that we have for the good and the bad and you know parents you, you need to listen to me as a parent i am very aware of this uh, my kids are still young enough that uh, it's it's easy to manage who they spend time with and um, because there's a great word that uh, it's it's only got two letters in it and it says no <laughs> and uh, you know it's very easy to say no um but um we need to be careful who our kids spend time with because you can spend you know all the kids life raising them a certain way and suddenly they're they're, they're around other kids who might influence them the wrong way and all the work you've put into your child and raising them can be undone in five minutes with another kid we need to be careful do kids need friends absolutely it's a tremendous help and they need to reach the world with the gospel and if they can't have friends uh, who are they going to reach they need friends to be able to go they need to be a, be able to be a light and uh, uh in, in, a, in a lost and dying world and you know uh, mike connor's in secondary school and um in the the group of friends in his in his age category they meet together but uh, him and another fella that, that's in the group, uh, it's not a gang, don't worry, that's in the group in school, um, they're the only two that don't course. And, uh, and they're called the goodies. Okay, they're called the goodies. 
and uh, or no sorry it's not they're called the innocents that's what they're called so they have a nickname in school these two kids connor and his friend and they're called the innocents why because they're not doing what the other kids are doing they're not speaking the way the other kids are speaking you know who notices it the other kids but you know what isn't that a good testimony to have that you don't do what the other kids around you are doing we need to be careful because the wrong influences can get us going in the wrong direction. You know, the wrong, the wrong media, the wrong music, it just sets us off in the wrong way. So what's the problem with having these wrong influences? Well, they always start small. Wrong influences always start small, never big. They, there's small things that just get in and before long, it's a, it's a massive change. You know, in our U, we have one of the principles, principle number five, small compromises lead to great disasters or uh, little sins lead to big sins. Sin, all sin is the same, but they start off with those small minor things that, you know, we know are wrong, but they're not such a big deal to people. But you always start there before you get on to the gross sin. And, you know, um, let's look at verse 10, Galatians 5, 10. It says, I have confidence in you through the Lord, that ye will be none otherwise minded, but that he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. So, you know, what does, what does Paul say to them? Paul says, listen, Christian, in Galatia, I want you to know, listen, I have every confidence in you that you'll do the right thing. You know why? Because I know God, and God can come through in this situation. And I have confidence in you, not because of you, but I have confidence in you because of the Lord, through the Lord. And, uh, you know, he gets them to, he reminds them of that. You see, always remember, wrong theology produces wrong actions. Wrong ideas produce wrong actions. Wrong advice produces wrong actions. Wrong actions produce pain and trouble in your life and in the lives of those around you. You know, Paul uses the word trouble. He says, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. So that word trouble there is uh, to cause inward commotion, uh, to take away his calm, the calmness of mind, to disturb, his, um, uh, disturb his mind, to render anxious or distressed. And you know, Paul's saying to them, that person that's at their trouble in you, don't worry, God's gonna get them, God's gonna judge them. They're gonna pay and they're gonna have to answer for what they've taught and what they've done. Um, and he's saying, who, who hindered you is going to be judged. Um, but let me ask you this morning, you know, are you being spiritually influenced by anybody that's teaching wrong stuff? Are you being spiritually influenced by anybody that's, uh, I suppose, going against what you would have been taught when you're, when you're in church and you're reading the Bible and it's just catching your ear and you're, you're hearing the difference? You know what, curiosity killed a cat. We need to make sure it doesn't kill our lives too. You know, uh, is there anybody in your life, in your practical life, that it's influencing you to do the wrong thing? Do you sit around in conversations that you shouldn't be in, that you should get up and leave the room? You know, do you need to avoid anybody because they're, they're a wrong influence or they're a bad influence in your life? You know, most people start on drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and all that. How do they start? They start because of the influence of their friends. What a powerful impact friendships have and our peer groups have on us. Now, as Christians, we need to be leaders and be leading people to Christ. 
and showing people there's a different way. But if you're getting influenced and drawn the wrong way, you're going to end up in trouble. And, and that's what the devil will try to do. He will try to use those wrong influences to get you. Be careful of your influences. One day a farmer grabbed his uh, shotgun uh, to shoot at a flock of pesky crows. Unfortunately, he didn't see his sociable parrot who had joined the crows. After firing a few shots, he walked over to the fallen boards and was surprised to find his parrot, ba parrot badly ruffled uh, with a broken wing. When the farmer saw the children, uh, his farmer's children saw the injured, injured board, they asked, Dad, what happened? And the farmer simply replied, bad company. Do you know if you spend time around bad company, wrong influences, it's going to have an impact on you. You're going to end up hurt because of it and you're going to end up in trouble because of it. You know, um, we've talked about kind of being bad influence, so I'm just about done. But let me encourage you. As much as we need to avoid and be careful that we don't get under the wrong influences that hinder us in our spiritual lives or in our practical lives, uh, we need to be a good influence. Let me ask you, Christians, this morning, what kind of influence are you? We need to be influencers for good. You know, you see, you see this big buzzword nowadays, you know, th this person is a, a social media influencer. You know, when was the last time you heard about a Christian being an influencer? We need to be influencers on our society, you know, on our community. We need to have a, we need to have a positive impact. You know, we need to, as Christians, uh, be a light in a dark place. We need to share the gospel. We need to speak the truth and love. You know, we need to make a difference to the lives of those we come in contact with. You know, there are two types of people in the world. And uh, there's plus people and minus people. There are people that when you meet them, they add to you. And there's people that when you meet them, they take from you. What kind of influence are you? Are you a taker or are you a giver? You know, when people meet you and they come in contact with you, come around you, do you have an impact on them for good? Do you have an impact on them that sheds light in their lives? That's an encouragement to them. Uh, that's a blessing to them. I hope you do. You know, um, Paul is correct in the church in Galatia and he reminds them of this. Look at verse 10 uh, and we'll be finished. He says in verse 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye be none otherwise minded. You know what he reminded them of? He reminded them, listen, you are Christians. Uh, you know who you are. You know what you are. And I have confidence in the Lord that you're not going to take this stuff on board, that you're going to do the right thing and you're going to do well. Don't be otherwise minded. You know, look at verse 12. And it says uh, in verse 12, Galatians 5, 12, uh, Paul says, I would that they were even cut off which trouble it, which trouble you. That sounds so severe, so, sounds so harsh, but you know what? In life, friends, Paul's telling you, Paul's telling the church, he's telling them that I would even that they were cut off which trouble at you. The best thing you can do with a wrong influencer, with somebody that's influenced you in the wrong way, is cut them off. That's what Paul said. That she, uh, He said that they were even cut off which trouble at you. Cut them off. The best thing you can do is cut them off. Amputate. The best thing you can do is, is cut them off. Get rid of them. Anything that will hinder you from being all that God would want you to be, cut it off. 
Let me tell you about a story of a, a young man who recently left New Hope Residential Centre. When we took him in, he was addicted to alcohol and an extremely serious addiction to alcohol. And, um, you know, he couldn't put a couple of words together coming in. And when he'd phone up to check in to try when he was on the waiting list, he could barely speak to you on the phone, always drunk, always under the influence. And when he came in, we knew he had a girlfriend out there on the go and she was the exact same as him, both in alcohol addiction. He didn't, she didn't want help, he wanted help, so he came in. And uh, one of the things, when I got him in, he's in a week, and I, I sit him down, I have him off the drink, and he's in his right mind, I sit him, I sit him down, I tell him, listen, uh, I won't say his name, because he, he might end up watching, but I said, look, you're gonna have to give up this girl. Because if you're gonna start getting phone calls in a week's time, and you're gonna get on the phone to this girl, you're gonna find that she influences you out the door. You can't be speaking to her. She can't come up here and visit you. You know, we can't have anybody in active addiction come up to the center and visit you. But you know what? He was unwilling to cut off that influence in his life. What do you think happened? Got his phone calls. Few days later, decides it's time for me to leave the program. I need to go, and we're saying, listen, that's not good. He gets on the phone to his mother. Uh, she's saying he's not coming back there, and he starts giving her all kinds of abuse on the phone. And um, they have a barred order against him and all that kind of stuff. But nothing was stopping this guy from going out. Why? Because he had been influenced by what he heard on the phone, by what the girlfriend was saying, and he got drawn back to the old life. And you know what, he stood at the gate, we're here the other day, coming to collect his stuff, and what a sad, sorry sight he was. Why? Because the influence of her troubled his life and got him back to the old way of living. We need to be so careful about the influences in our lives. Uh, a couple of questions for you. What effect are the influences in your life having on you? One, in your spiritual life. Is there anybody having a negative impact in your spiritual life? Number two, in your practical life. Is there people you spend time with that, you know, do the wrong things, go to the wrong places, you know, say the wrong stuff, and you need to kind of avoid them because that wouldn't be helpful for you. And the last one is, what kind of influence are you? Are you an influencer with the gospel? Are you an influencer in your church? Are you influencing the next generation to, to walk with God? Are you, a, are you a help in the church? Are you a... A help in your community are you a, an influencer in your family let me encourage you we all need to be an influencer we need to be an influencer for good and be a light uh, to this lost and dying and dark world uh, it's been great being with you we better end it there thank you for tuning in thank you for listening thank you for being in church and being faithful to, to coming out and assembling together uh, pray that, the, that you've been blessed and encouraged uh, and uh, our family uh, wants to thank you for all that you've done for us over the years. You are a tremendous blessing to us. And um, we look forward to the next time we're going to be able to come down and see us. But let us close uh, in prayer uh, this morning. Father in heaven, I just pray, Lord, that you would touch each heart this morning, that you would help each one of us, uh, Lord, to, to uh, reject the bad influences in our lives, Lord, to, to stick hold of the, the teaching that we have had of Christ and be biblical Christians, not been distracted or hindered in our spiritual lives. Lord, we just pray, Lord, for each one of us that you would make us an influence for the gospel where we live, where we work, where we go to school in our families. Lord, that you would just use our lives to be an instrument of blessing and a challenge to those around us 
uh, for good. Uh, and Lord, that you would protect us as we as we seek to be in that influence. Uh, and Lord, we just pray, Lord, for each other, that you would strengthen us and help us uh, as we seek to walk with you, as we seek to be a blessing uh, and reach our world with the gospel. Lord, help us to have a great impact for you. Uh, and Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would bless our week, that you would encourage us, that you would help us, that you would strengthen us. Uh, and Lord, we're excited to see what you're going to do in, in these coming days uh, with our churches being back open. And Lord, uh, help us to get excited and get passionate again uh, for the gospel, I pray. In Christ's name, amen.